You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 353, brought to you by Seagate GoFlex Satellite, New York Comic Con, and iFanboy listeners like you. iFanboy.com, Pick of the Week podcast, episode 353. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Whatevs. And Ron Richards. Whatever. <laughs> it was going to be one of those shows. Yep. Meh. At iFanboy.com, we like comics, we read comics, or we're ambivalent. Depending Totes. On the week. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read, writes about it on the website we talk about in the podcast, along with the other books of the week and other topics of interest. Mostly related to comics, but this week we're talking all about Nixon. <laughs> so deal with it. <laughs> Before we get to the show, are we? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. And we're starting. We're starting with the the 50s. Which yeah, is, sure. Right. There's no way you can't talk about Nixon without starting in the 50s. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That makes more sense. Before the we get to the run. show, a quick reminder and a warning: this is a review show, so we're going to spoil it. We're going to talk about spoilers. Like, uh, was there anything that spoiled? Oh, Captain America's a president. Um, so uh, be careful if you've read the books yet. Come back, and you know whatever. <laughs> Ron has the right. I'm disappointed you didn't take the bait there, Connor. You skipped right over it. Unfortunately, I'm so. a professional, Ron. You are you are anyway? So I'm this gonna, I'm, I'm I'm gonna read the next one verbatim the next time I get it. I just whatever's on there, I'm saying <laughs> you're Ron targeting it. For those playing at home, we're talking about our script bombs. Uh, Connor narrowly avoided one. I thought I would have got him because Connor tends Connor tends to Connor tends not to improvise. Have you noticed that he tends to? You're normally a straight read, so that's why I thought I could get you. Yeah, and I, I, I can't I, not. If, if you saw my face, you would see I'm not even doing the read off the screen though. I'm just redoing right. it from memory. Because you're a pro. I'm a pro. I've been doing this for fucking seven years. <laughs> anyway, paint a picture. Santa Inez, 1913. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nixon. Anyway, so pick of the week. for the book Pick of the Week title. Let's go. Pick of the Week. Um, I was relieved to have a fairly, as far as in my world, light week this week. Um, and I was even more delighted, though, when I saw that it was a week that The Little Depressed Boy was coming out. Little Depressed Boy number 13, uh, written by Stephen S. Stephen Struble and drawn by Cena Grace. This is a book I've talked about it a couple times on the podcast here and there, like when the, the Childish Gambino issue and stuff like that. I've been loving this book because it fills the empty hole in my heart that is needed for a good old comic about relationships and people and love and all that fun emo stuff. Because uh, you know, while while I think a lot of you out there know me through my through this show and through my public you know twitters and stuff like that, Josh and Connor can uh, can attest that I'm a pretty emo emo kid. I have no I have no uh, I have no uh, I have no com- I have no I have no you shame. No problems. You have no problem. I'm, I'm sorry. Can I just interrupt for a second? I just looked it up, and Richard Nixon actually was born in 1913. That was just a guess. Wow. Sorry. Good job. I'm really I'm, I'm sorry. I was so excited. I couldn't go ahead. Emo. So, yep. So yeah, so I've got no, I've got no shame around my emo thing, and, and I feel bad for the term emo because it really got a bad rap in the early two thousands with all the eyeliner bands like that. But um, yeah, uh, how could it's not like anybody we know uh, propagated that um, <laughs> joke? <laughs> so that somebody talking about it right now here is a giant hypocrite. <laughs> but carry on. It's still yeah, maybe giant. 
I'm sorry. How could I have known? Um, but anyway, but the, the, um, uh, and so emo comes up, but I don't want that to take away from the little depressed boy, which is basically just a story of this guy. He happens to be a little ragdoll, but I think that's more about the interpretation of his own self image and that sort of thing. That's how he feels on the inside. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but he's this little guy who's just trying to get, get by in life. Um, he's got, you know, he's, he's working a crappy job at a movie theater and, you know, he's had some, he's had some past loves that didn't work out. He, you know, the first, uh, the first major arc of, uh, of this, of this book was around him liking a girl and then finding out that she had a boyfriend and dealing with that. Um, but now we're here, he's met a new girl and this episode, episode, this issue, uh, captures that magical moment in any young couple's life or any couple's life of the first date. And I thought that Struble and Grace took a great approach with it. Um, the issue opens up with like kind of a dream sequence where uh, LDB, as we like to call him, is um, – kind of reflecting on the past and his past like there's a girl there who asked him like how come we never talked you know or that you know or or um him saying to another girl is like oh i figured you'd never be interested you wouldn't wouldn't be interested you know then he kind of revisits the more recent girl who has the boyfriend and it's kind of like the you know reflecting on the on the failures around love and and that's sort of a a self-assessment i think a lot of us do before we embark on a new kind of situation and then goes out on a date with the new girl whose name's spike who he works with at the movie theater and in just the span of four pages where they captured the date, I thought that both in terms of storytelling and in terms of you know the dialogue, stuff like that, really captured the, the inherent awkwardness and you're trying to be polite. He opens the door for her to the restaurant, you know, but then they, they're having a nice conversation. You can see they're getting momentum and making jokes and, and sharing stuff and things like that. And then, you know, the walk home, I guess he drives her home or she drives him home. I don't, I'm not quite sure exactly where they are, but they go outside. And uh, Cena Grace with the art really does a good, uh, a great job of capturing the the quiet moments and the silence. Um, you see their hands kind of come close to holding hands, but not quite. You know, they talk about how they had a good time. Then there's just this panel of just nothing. And then, of course, little depressed boy just goes, "All right, I'll see you tomorrow." Totally chickens out. And like as I'm reading it, I just go, "Ah, no!" But then, lucky enough, the girl says, "You know, you can kiss me," and he goes, "Oh yeah!" And then he gets a two-page spread of them kissing, and it's like, "Yay!" And finally, the guy gets the girl, and that's awesome. Um, but what's great about Little Depressed Boy is it's it's tapping into that relationship comic, uh, what's the momentum or you know, kind of pace in a serialized version. So like while that, this could have been the whole issue. They didn't just leave it at that. And we deal with the aftermath where he goes back to work and then realizes that because she's technically his boss while she's into him, nobody can know it's gotta be a secret or they'll both lose their jobs. So while this is a great issue, it ends with little depressed boy being frown frowny because the girl, the girl he likes who actually likes him. Now it's gotta be a secret. And that's uh, sometimes hot. Technically only she can get fired. He can sue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they Theater. I feel like it's just kind of like they would just fire him, you know. Yeah, but then, then he, he would sue. go back and sue. Yeah, and then anyway, he would. Own he was. Him. He was. T- he was taken advantage of. <laughs> Either way, it's 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 a dicey it's a dicey situation. I'm uh, sorry. This part of the conversation is actually more interesting than the comic book was. So I was trying to steer it away. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> Josh, did you read it? Yes, I did. Did you not like it? No, not really. I mean, it was fine for what it was. I'm. I, I'm. I'm not all that nostalgic for this. I feel like I've seen lots of things that did this thing better for a person like me. Uh, that's fair. I mean, and, and yeah, I mean, I know you like Box Office Poison, which I liked, which I think did it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the, th- the thing about the thing, and, I, and I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you. 
Um, but right now, it's the, aside from web comics and aside, from, you know, but in, in terms of stuff being published, there's just it's just a drought of these kind of books. I, I think that that this is this is about what I refer to as the Kevin Arnold syndrome. Yeah. And it's something that I'm utterly and completely sick of reading because the point has been made a hundred times over. And I know that every time somebody has to get this part out of them and it was very sincere and it was very, we'll call it emotionally truthful. Yes. I think. Uh, I, but I just wasn't interested in it. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm a crabby old parent, maybe, you know, whatever. The but time. the Kevin Arnold syndrome, when the person is like, I, I don't want to say the thing. And I just like, all right, I, I get it. I don't, I, this is for younger people than me or people who have a different joy in their heart. Which totally makes and 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 like you mentioned the 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 honesty and the sincerity that of which Stribble's writing I, that's one of the things that got me about it, is that I feel like this book is very is very real, you know. Um, aside from him being a ragdoll, um, if, if you know what it felt like, it felt like like an early student film. Yeah, it's totally raw and emotional. But if you saw it ten years after you made it, you'd cower in the corner that anybody else would ever ever seen that. Maybe I've been thinking about my student films lately and just how much I would not want to see them anymore. <laughs> I think you I think you have turned a corner into Crabby Old Man's in Air Land. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, I didn't read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So now, now where I'm coming from, I tend to be, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a sappy, hopeless romantic, and and I totally fall for these sort of things, and 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 I I just love it, and every time this this book comes out, I just have a great time with it. So um, and th- this one particularly, you know, like it, and I thought that it's been great to see Cena Grace kind of grow as an artist, and you know that double page spread was really nice, and uh, was was really, well the pacing was, you know, the the storytelling is, you know, is clean and clear, and I think that he's getting visually getting across Struble's intentions and emotions, which is not an easy. Thing to do um, in terms of with pacing and storytelling. So um, yeah, so it's a- yeah. I would say that my complaints, to, to be fair, are, are entirely subjective. Like they, I don't, I don't have a problem with the book. They, it did, you know, it did what it was trying to do. Fine. I'm just, I'm not the audience for it. I suppose um, anymore. But no, you're right. Like there was definitely a quality to it. It just reminded me of, of like, um, like an Adrian to mine kind of book. And I never even liked those back in my twenties. Like this, so all right. So sad. So, um, so yeah, it's a little depressed boy. Check it out. There's two trades out currently of this this current run, and then it's got a long history of being a web comic. So you can go check that out. But um, I enjoy it. If you like that sort of thing, if you're a sappy romantic, if you're not a cold dead inside like Connor and Josh, hey, hey, I just didn't read it. I like those stories. True. <laughs> um, not cold and dead inside. I'm full of joy and wonder. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that said, it's time to dive back into the DC Zero issues bin. And I do have to admit that Justice League number zero was a real close contender to the pick of the week. What's great, though, are all the people who wanted to get a Justice League book. (laughs) (laughs) Because this may have had that on the cover, but that was not what was inside regardless of the quality of the content. That is true. That is true. I'm fine with that. Because we already had the zero story for Justice League. That was Justice League number one. And this, this is the character that takes place in the backup. And it's so. and he's also from what we've seen, he's clearly going to now get involved in the main Justice League story, so it's going to merge back into it. So it somewhat makes sense. But this is just the continuation of the backup story that's been going on in, in Justice League. Yeah. That said, I think it is a crime that they relegated this to the backup story because th- this Jeff Johns Gary Frank uh, Shazam story has been probably the the most compelling thing I've read at DC in a while. Well, what do you do? You want it to come out? Because that's yeah. how you're going to get it. Otherwise, it's not going to come out. Yeah, yeah. he's right because it wouldn't sell. No, not that Does, because Gary Frank can't do a monthly book. Plus, he's doing uh, that too. Plus, he's doing yeah. Batman Earth Two, Earth One, Volume Two. So the whole, all you can get out of him is the five or so pages you get a month in the backup. So that's if you good, want I, the story to continue monthly, then you get it in the backup. 
Well, I'll tell you something about this, though, um, that, that occurred to me is this felt like Jeff Johns. Yes. It, for the first time in a long time. Agreed. Whatever it was that, you know, it's been a few years since I read something that felt like the kind of Jeff Johns that, that, I, that I really liked. Uh, and this felt like that. It felt so like that's JSA why it was, Jeff Johns, yeah. Yes, it did. It totally did. And, and I think that he's got something with these characters that works really well. And that, that was fun. This tapped, this tapped into the JSA stuff. This tapped into the early, early Green Lantern stuff. This tapped, you know, tapped into, you know, it's like whatever, whatever magic he's able to do with re kind of um, uh, igniting these characters, he's, he captured it again here with Shazam. With yeah. My only negative would be, and this, this is going to come up later for a different book, um, that the just atrocious. Character redesigns continue with with Captain Marvel Shazam with the yeah. bizarre chest chest thing going on behind the uh, the lightning shield and the weird boots. Just this is I'm going to go into more depth later, but this I mean the only negative I could think of with this issue, which was great. Well, and, and one question I have about the issue is that did they give Ethan Van Skyver a cover credit for just doing the? Did he do the cover art? No, that's Frank. So then, what did he do? I don't know. He didn't. I didn't even do. Do the ba- backup? Is that a backup? The, no. no. I don't know why his name's on the cover. No, yeah, the cover? he's the he's the he's the artist on the on the backup. No, oh yeah, that? he did the question backup. Yeah. That's uh, why. Oh, I can't even tell. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it doesn't yeah. look like him, huh? Like him at all. Anyway, so Justice League number zero, I, lo- I, I just loved it just because I like the Shazam stuff, so I thought it was really good. I thought on a whole this was one of the stronger Zero Weeks. I thought uh, yes. Nightwing was one, Zero was one of the best ones I read, uh, again, with the horrible design costumes. They, what's really funny is, is because now that they've changed everyone's costume, no one seems to know what the original Robin suit was look, looked like, so every time you see it, the costume is completely different, mm-hmm. um, including this one, which uh, just it's mind-boggling. I thought Supergirl was fun. Supergirl was a lot of fun, and actually made me think that the I was I was sort of talking to you guys about this, but like I, I like to read this every once in a while. I don't really want to read Supergirl every month; it's not a thing that I'm going to do. But to read like one story, like it's one of the things that's been fun about these zero issues is that I've sort of gone back and like, oh, that was good. I read that. You know, it doesn't make me want to read it forever, but uh, you know, I really like Mahmoud Asrar's art. Yeah. And uh, boy, they've really come a long way in making Krypton the most horrible place to have lived ever. <laughs> Like it just everything is about just how awful it is there. Yeah, it's not utopian. Works better off. Um, uh, I thought Wonder Woman number zero was fantastic. I, it was. I, I, I love that. But I thought it would be very polarizing. More, I guess it didn't end up happening. When I read it early on Wednesday, I thought, "Wow, people are going to either love or hate this." But I don't. I didn't really see much complaint about it. I don't know. At, at, at for the first couple pages, I thought I wasn't going to like it, and then I really did. I yeah. thought that was. I thought it, it. It really got her character really well, and I, and I liked that they made it a little silly. Yeah. And I like the design of war a whole lot. Yeah. Conversely, I was a little disappointed by Batwoman number zero. God, stop talking. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I, and honestly, it, it seemed. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love, I love J. H. Williams's art. I think it's great. But after being weaned on the amazing layouts and everything that he does, go, going with a more traditional, just panel based thing, I was just like, well, this seems a little flat. Well, he only does he does that in the flashbacks. That's what he's always yeah. done. Even with Rucka, he did the he did crazy yeah. layouts are only for when she's Batgirl. Yeah. When she's when she's her when she's her when she's Kate, and it's, yeah. it's just a standard Mazzucchelli style art and layouts. Um, to okay. me, I love the I page like where they merged, where the mm-hmm. where she was drawn or Kate was drawn as Mazzucchelli style, and Batman shows up in the uh, painted style, which I thought was a great way to merge the two. Um, yeah, I, I thought I was, the story was good. 
I was reading it for a while and I was like, hey, this dialogue is a lot better than I remember it the last time I was reading it. And then I was just like, and there is a lot of it. <laughs> I just I just felt like it could have been edited down a little bit because it was like, and then there was the time that this in extreme detail, and then there's this in extreme detail, and it felt a little superfluous. But I really like his simple style. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's so nice. The DC Universe Presents Zero story opens with an OMAC story from the original creative team <laughs> entitled Origins Matter After Cancellation. I, I just I just love who are the sales geniuses behind this one? <laughs> hey, there are all these books that no one bought and we got canceled. Let's make an extra expensive issue with all of them in it. <laughs> well, Robinson like I, wrote the Mr. Terrific storyline, which is going to tie directly into Earth 2, um, which was great. I skipped over the, the Hawk and Dove, Rob Liefeld story, and I skipped over the... Uh, yeah, then, sorry, I'm sorry. I called him in like Voldemort. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Blackhawks, I sort of skimmed. So I, I really was in it for the first two stories. Uh, yeah. But you're right. I mean, I think it's, it's a dicey proposition. But I want to see the books on this at the end. Like, did this book make a profit? Yeah. Well, six yeah. bucks, so they have to sell less of them. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, uh, so when we did our light week uh, post earlier in the week, um, I said, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk the walk, and I'm going to try a book I normally wouldn't try. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was Sword of Sorcery featuring Amethyst. So, plus is this, is this a toy line that I don't know <laughs> about? <laughs> it certainly seemed like it, didn't it? <laughs> it really does. And I think that might have been one of the reasons I had fun reading it. I, I actually had a blast. I had a ton like of fun just, reading this issue. I'm totally it just felt like, I was like, this feels like my childhood. <laughs> we're going to come up with a storyline, then we are going to sell you some goddamn purple action figures. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought you know, uh, Christy Marks did a good job writing it. And, she comes from uh, animation. I, I thought the story was fun. I thought the mythology around it was fun. I thought the art from Aaron Lepresti was great, and I loved the backup. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great issue. I thought I, I, I was it was three ninety nine well spent from my light week. So <laughs> the backup art looked kind of like Sean Murphy in places. That first shot of the kid on the horse. Yeah, his face just looks like like from uh, from Joe the Barbarian. But I, I liked the backup story a lot. See that? Yeah, I could totally see that. I've realized, I, 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 oh, speaking of Sean Murphy, I caught up on uh, Punk Rock Jesus, and I agree with you guys that that last issue was great. But right. I also realized after reading Joe the Barbarian and now Punk Rock Jesus is that he, young boys that he just draws it's all they're all the same faces. Yeah. But they're still great. But still, anyway. Did either of you read Guardians? New Guardians, Green Lantern. No. Uh, no. The, the thing that's worth noting is the art is by. Aaron Cooter, who's very much a quietly influenced artist, and while I noticed that I noticed the cover that while he's not there yet, uh, the little cover's by Guillaume March. But uh, oh. while, while he's not there yet, he's still kind of on the way. Go, I think well, some of the panels look very quietly esque, very interesting. Some of them you know, were rough, but he's he's he looks like he's an up and comer to watch out for. Isn't cool? Yeah. So, any other zero issues we're talking about? Or? Catwoman was terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, just terrible, shocking. Um, so. The Red Hood and the Outlaws, did you guys read that one? Nope. Oh. The reveal on that one was that the Joker decided that Batman needed a new Robin, so he instigated Jason Todd becoming the new Robin. It was he just called the 900 number a lot? He, he manipulated <laughs> events. Yes. He manipulated the events to make Jason Todd the new Robin. It was dumb. But, uh, yeah. Well, then, of course. Um, of, of course. But on the whole, uh-huh. I thought the week was strong and zero issues. We have one more week? I guess we have one more. Two more weeks? One more. So- so continuing the theme of themed issues, let's dive into the Ultimate Universe over at Marvel. Yeah, I, 
uh, on the one hand, I was like, hey, they kind of spoiled this story for me. But on the other hand, I wouldn't have read The Ultimates had it not been spoiled for me, I guess. Because I was like, how am I going to do this, this business? Yeah. And I kind of remembered what was fun about The Ultimates, because I, I don't really stick with it that much, is that it really does feel like, fuck it. Let's just, let's just do some crazy shit. And they're, they're certainly in the midst of that right now. Yeah, well, I, told, I kind of like it. This whole divided we fall um, uh, event and then that's moving into this United We Stand event. Really, you know, like crazy shit like the, the country becoming fractured and like all this stuff. And it's been – I've been reading all the titles and it's been interesting because on one hand I think it's been successful because like you could read Ultimate Spider-Man and not, know, not, and, and not be you know, bogged down by the event. Right. On the other hand, you could read Ultimates and X Men, and it's just all over the all over the map. It's all over the place, like in crazy shit and moving too fast and stuff like that. But I agree with you. Now we got to the end of this, and I was like, and 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 now they announced that Captain America is going to become president. Which he gets is, a phone call. Oh, you you were elected president. I was like, I don't. I do not think it works like that. No, exactly. But who cares? <laughs> like, I feel like Ultimates. No, like, I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ron, did yeah. you ever get and that? It, what if Captain America was elected president? What if? Yeah, of course. That's one of the, that's one of the classic ones. They're all classics. Anyway. I don't think he's got time for it. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because I actually, I actually, um, I actually uh, hung out with Sam Humphreys a couple weeks ago, and he tipped me off that this was coming. And it sounds like he's not going to have time. For, like it's what he told me from the story coming. It's going to be very interesting because he's apparently he's going to keep on being Captain America, which is like I don't think you can do that and also be president of the United States. I know. So it'll be interesting. To be fair, he he so. did not ask for the job. <laughs> But I did not seek, nor will I accept. He's that's why Captain America is just like Lyndon Johnson. So, <laughs> but what did that think? and his that and that and his who was who was by the way the predecessor <laughs> the predecessor to uh, Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yes. <laughs> um, so the, I read I didn't read that one, but I read Spider Man, which uh, for me I think David Marquez is really starting to come up into his own. Yeah, you're not kidding. When yeah. he first started, I was a little iffy on it. I missed I missed Pacelli, but he's really he's really growing quickly over these last couple of issues, and I thought this was a really compelling issue again. Finally, I, they addressed I, the fact that the world is falling apart. Let's cancel school. Yeah. I like the fact that I, I was just thinking about it, and other than like a what if or a little mini series here or there, we've never seen a story where somebody else gets to be Spider Man for a long time. And I know that like Green Lantern's done it, and and some others yeah, have. Yeah. But I like the connection in this one a lot, and I, I'm, I actually I I think the book dipped a little bit when he was like stuck with his uncle the whole time, and you, and, yeah. and now they're kind of past that, and we can get back to learning how to be Spider Man and, and having fun with it, which I think is much more attractive. Yeah. Well, and sp- and so, speaking of that, uh, Spider Man number five wrapped up the, wrapped up this event this week and closed the closed the portal between six one six and the Ultimate Universe, um, and as predicted. When this is a, a trade, this is going to be a nice little fun little story. This to was read. amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think I think this wow. whole this whole story was amazing. Uh, wow. This is one of the best things Bendis has written in a while. Yeah. Uh, it was good. It hit all the emotional beats you want to hit. This issue featured less action than I thought it would, but it makes sense in the context of the story in that it's mostly about these two characters, and the relationship between Peter and Miles was great. And then the cliffhanger yep. is what happened to Miles in the Marvel regular Marvel universe. Something did because. Peter Googled him and has a shocked reaction. So I thought this was wonderful. If you haven't read this ish, this mini, you need to check out the trade when it comes out. Because it's, it's a, and if, you, if you're a fan of Bendis' Spider-Man or Ultimate Spider-Man, it's a must-read. Yeah, and I think and it was funny because I was, I was really thinking about it for a couple hours. And I was thinking <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> in that I didn't even read it, but then I went with it. Um, and I was, I was wondering whether this needed to be a miniseries or could have happened in the pages. And like I was just kind of, you know, I was just, I was not... You know, I was just open box thinking, blue skying, right. and sure. And did you find, thought, did you find uh, a hill somewhere? Exactly, blue sky. 
Exactly. You know, how much fun would it have, this have been if this was in Ultimate and in Amazing? It was a crossover versus it being the connect. You know, and I'm, I, I think I'm kind of, I'm really, I like the fact that it's okay, that it's it was a contained thing and it's going to be one little trade and it exists kind of in between both books issues and it can right. fit in anywhere. And I, I, it worked. It, it was an experiment that I know got a lot of criticism, but at, at the end of it, it, it totally worked. In the, the, the story was great. And that's really all that matters. Kelly just destroyed. She was yeah. just great. She was, and and I love the end when Peter's walking through the portal and he's giving Miles all the all the advice he can, and he of course he gets cut cut off. I was like, what did he say? <laughs> Don't let anyone clone you. Yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. Never let Wolverine or Mockingbird any money. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, this was Bendis really knowing his characters really well and writing like basically a five issue character piece between the two of them. Yeah, so so good stuff, really good stuff. Well, speaking of Bendis, and um, I, I nearly I nearly lost it with Avengers number thirty because I thought that we we we're, we're going to get our answer. <laughs> oh, so this issue was uh, drawn by Walt Simonson and basically focused on on Hawkeye and Spider Woman. And honestly, I'll give Bendis credit; it addresses a question that I have thought of, which is, what are the villains doing during Avengers vs X Men? Right. And honestly, there should have been, uh, I think, a little more paid to this, or I guess you can only do so much. But in in under the guise of uh, Hawkeye and Spider Woman dealing with uh, Mister Negative, trying to get uh, the Red Skulls Mech warriors from the, I'm, from- in, I'm in this. <laughs> oh, Thank you. Uh, uh, they they're of course you know working through their relationship problems and Spider Woman reveals she's mad because um, apparently Scarlet Witch mentioned something about she and Hawkeye having something. And as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to find out what's in the closet? <laughs> we didn't. I, I, this, this issue made me laugh a bunch of times. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it was just the mood I was in. I was looking for comedy, but this was basically a guy and a girl who were dating, having a giant f- argument in the middle of fighting a bunch of criminals. And I loved Hawkeye in the middle of it going, can you guys believe this? Talking to the, talking to the Mr. Negative's thugs. And, and I loved the background fight Thor had when they showed up at the end. And they're all sort of talking to Hawkeye. And in the background, Thor punches a dude. Yep, <laughs> it was just there's a lot of little touches that made me laugh. Good, like it honestly in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't totally matter. You know no, what I mean? Not at all. This might be an issue because it had some Madam Hydra stuff, and there was some you know kind of seeding stuff and things like that. But um, you know, but it was just it was a fun little breather, I think, from the from the from the melodrama. Totally of fun, totally fun. Yep, and I'm yep. sure it's setting up Hydra to be the next because she's clearly yeah. collecting Make- lots of weaponry, so that's setting things up for the future. But I liked it. But uh, I, I will. I mean, honestly, Brian Michael Bendis, if you're listening, or if anybody's listening, can tell if before he sets sail after the Avengers, the closet. You gotta answer. How much money are you willing to put up for the answer to the closet? That's a good question. I don't know if it's really a money thing. Does he really need can, money? No. I mean, can, like, can you kickstart that? That's a good idea. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll, I think of what I'd be willing to give up to find out what's in the closet. He doesn't even have to put it in the comic. Just tell me. Right. In the meantime, you tell us. Yeah, I'll tell you guys. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. The Seagate GoFlex satellite is the only wireless portable hard drive that streams content to your iPad up to eight other devices. It's got a 500 gigabyte Wi-Fi access. uh, The 500 gigabyte is the storage size. Wi-Fi access and a rechargeable battery. Satellite can go can carry your entire library of video, music, pictures, and documents to be shared in your iPad or Android tablet via the free GoFlex Media app or your web browser. You can check it all out at Seagate.com/ifanboy. Yes, and thank thank you for sponsoring this episode, Seagate. Um, so I was reading Daredevil number eighteen, 
right? And you know, I've been I've been a little I've been a little down on it a little recently, but I was you know I was going with it. I love Somni, Wade and Somni yeah. doing good Rocketeer. Yeah. Some reading. They're doing two ongoing series yeah, right time. now. I think Rocketeer's a mini. Suck that, other artists. And then and then Daredevil got to you know, and the story's continuing, and the, the foggy Matt Murdock fight is mm-hmm. good, and you know we got okay, we got a new case. I know then, exactly where you're going here. And then yep, it gets. Yep. And I get to a point in the story, and I just, I literally sat back and went, whoa. <laughs> That's not the reaction I had. Anyone no. tell me? Mine was, stay, mine was. Stay away mine, from this character? <laughs> mine was a Darth Vader-esque no. Oh. Yeah. Um, Mila's back. <laughs> uh, she needs to be like that sister from the first episode of Weeds who they disappeared. Or the brother from Happy Days who went upstairs and yes. came down again. That's, I, it, it did not happen. I think this is a mistake. We've been saying this for a while, the hints, the hints of darkness, and clearly that's a story we don't tell. Fine, good for him, but the hints of darkness that they're bringing back in is not what I want in Darth, in Darth Vader, in Daredevil. Um, he, he had it. He had, they had it. The first six issues or whatever, they had it, and he's fallen back into it. Fall, they're falling back into the trap. Yeah. Uh, well, and I don't, I don't want to prejudge it because I know Wade is great and this book is great and we'll see where it goes with it. But as soon as I saw Mila, I was like, oh, God, no, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> any, any, any time any, is too soon. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no enough time. Yeah. There will not be. Yeah. Oh, fuck, Mila. All right. Godzilla, the half-century war from James Stokoe. It just felt like reading, uh, um, like I just it felt like I was reading Orkstein and it made me very happy. I feel like I should be reading this because I love Stokoe and I'm not reading it. So. You should be reading it. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous, but it, it looks like you know he had to he had to make it just a little more realistic, but not really. It's yeah. just a dude whose job is to fight Godzilla, and they can't win because he's Godzilla. Okay. And this one took place in the middle of the Vietnam conflict. Cool. Um, Again, which Nixon. was which? Yeah. Again, I just want to point out Nixon's connection uh, with this. You know what's um. funny is we didn't pre-plan this joke, and yet. There he is, yeah. showing up throughout the show in in contextually appropriate ways. A lot of people miss. Uh, a lot of people underestimate the cultural effect of Richard Milhouse Nixon. Well, we're not even talking. We're not even talking about any before Watchmen books, and I think that you know I don't even need to say that. Did yeah. you guys see that Sienkiewicz is the new inker for Night Owl? Yes. Yeah, I do. We did. Yeah, it was which, a good choice. Wow, which is a great yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They're really putting some gorgeous inter- lipstick on a pig there. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> I mean, I, I like. I won't even. I won't even read the words in the book. But there's a big sex scene in the middle of it. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So, Batman Beyond Unlimited number eight and Young Justice number twenty, similar in that they're both based on the DC cartoon world. Uh, both great books. Young Justice twenty was my pick of the week. Batman Beyond Unlimited featured some more wonderful. I've talked about this series before. I made it a pick of the week a few months ago. It's a great jaunt back into the Timverse animated universe. And what I thought after reading these two back to back, it made me really angry because, well, I guess not angry, but annoyed that one of the things, and I've been, a, you guys know, I've been a fan of, of the DC reboot. I've, I've enjoying a good portion of the line, but there's also a lot that they've done really wrong. And these books have encapsulated what they should have done. They should have gone simpler. They should have, they should have not gone more complicated, which is what they did. And not just yeah. in the character designs, but just in the basic stories, the continuities, the characters. They should have stripped away and gone simpler and more accessible as opposed to making it convoluted and complex. And if you read Young Justice 20, this is better than any Teen Titans book you're going to read in the reboot. It's better than any maybe team book you're going to read in the reboot. These are simple design, character designs that are true to the... You know the sort of the, the feeling of the characters, but still looking different. 
these are simple characterizations that aren't not simple childlike, but they don't they're not overly complicated. They just tell great stories with these characters, great emotional beats, big action, and you're not, you're not going to get this in the other books because they're full of all this needless crap, and that doesn't just include the random lines and all the characters that are there now. It just sort of annoyed me that this is where they should have gone. You've got an area of media where your characters are really popular with millions of people. It's not in the comics. It's in the cartoons, and they should have gone towards the cartoons, which is what they should have done, made much better comics. But they didn't, so there you go. Well, all right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I remembered to buy Dark Avengers for the last two issues, which I, I think come out weekly now. <laughs> it seems like it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I still think that there is uh, – I feel like he's un- it was an unfinished story that came from Thunderbolts. Yeah. What is and, the story? Because we haven't talked about it because you haven't been buying it. There's two stories going on basically. There's there's the old Thunderbolts team that's like in the the pre are they in the present? No, they're in the near they're in the near future. Right, they're in the near future because they're both weird wastelands, so I couldn't remember which was which. And then there's the new Dark Avengers team which are which are the present, but it's also very weird and they're they're all fighting and there's just there's two stories going on and I kind of don't care about one of them. I'm very impressed by the sort of imagination and world building in both of them. Yeah, I have I have no doubt, but I don't have any connection to the other characters because it's just they were they were on a, they, I was reading this and I was just thinking, they they're, they were on a really good momentum and then yes. and then and then it uh, it got a it, it's going a little off the rails. Yeah, know? and I think that one of the and I think that the scripts are fine, but the part of the magic of the book was was the was the art on it. I think yeah. between Kev Walker and Declan Shalvey, you had a really great book and it was all working together. And and this this art while it wasn't bad, it, it just wasn't. You know, wasn't what it was before. Yeah, I can't say I'm a fan of Neil Edwards. So yeah, uh, so uh, you know, it just it just doesn't. It, you know, for a little while, you know, Thunderbolts was was right up there. Every issue was like, wow, this they're doing great stuff here, and and they railroaded it. Yep. And it's clear that that's what happened, and it makes it like it makes me not, you know I'm trying they to enjoy say, it, but it's a little prison tough. unjustly. Say you, you, they say they railroaded the book. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that what that metaphor means? Did I blow it? I to railroad somebody means to unjustly prosecute or convict. Listen. Oh yeah, that's yeah. No, that is what happened. Who brought Mitch Pileggi? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, it sucks, but the sales weren't there. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely understand it, but it's weird that then they they just dressed it up differently and they were like, "We'll do it slightly differently." And and by doing so, what they did was lose the people who did really like it. And I, I can't imagine that the okay. people, the Dark Avengers people, were like, "Oh, this is what we wanted." Go back to that one issue one seventy five the cross the the when they were talked to the original Thunderbolts team that was like the pinnacle of how yeah. great it was yeah that's what I was because, reading it too because Thunderbolts was really good yeah Thunderbolts is great yeah. and it was great it was it got that right that sort of Thunderbolts team right for the first time I think in a long time where there've been stories that have been good but it didn't really feel like Thunderbolts necessarily yeah. and it sounds like going forward it's definitely not going to feel like Thunderbolts because now the Punisher's on the fucking team yeah. Actually, Josh, I think you're correct. One of the definitions of railroading is to press someone to doing something they don't want to do by coercion. There you go. Similar to uh, Nixon's aides. Similar to what Nixon did. (laughs) Well, G. Gordon Liddy, I think everyone can agree, was railroaded many ways. So those are the books that we read and felt uh, that were worthy of talking about this week. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics and you can see all the books that came out. You can do your pull list. You can come back and rate them and review them and make your pick of the week. And we want to highlight the top five picks of the week from the iFanboy universe, uh, the community out there. These are the books that you said were your picks of the week. And coming in at number five was Spider-Man number five with 4% of the picks of the week. Um, number four from Image Comics was Peter Panzerfaust number six with 5.3% of the picks of the week. Uh, that keeps rolling along. Great issue. Uh, that was a great issue this week. Yeah, it was a good although, issue. Although, I have a problem with it. I'm not going to get to it. All right. Well, anyway. Um, not enough Nixon, right? 
Well, okay, here it is. The problem is, did you guys read it? <laughs> I, I got halfway and then got Well, you know, the opening scene, the guy's talking to the kids about the war. Yeah. Which, uh, he's looks like he's 45, and, and apparently that scene takes place in the modern day times. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway. No, issue uh, number three is Daredevil number 18 with 8% of the picks a week. Uh, coming in at number two was Wonder Woman number zero at 23.5%. And the number one book according to the iFanboy community at the time of recording is Justice League number zero with 33.4%. On to the reviews. Josh, why don't you take this one away? Zombie Poo said of Fables 121 giving the story a four out of five and the art a five out of five with a pick of the week percentage of 1.6%, which could be more or less than Little Depressed Boy. I'm not sure. Hey, do you remember Fables? You know, that book you talked your mom and girlfriend and your, and or your wife into reading, then got all caught up in AVX and DC's New 52 and totally forgot about? Well, it's still coming out every month, and it hasn't lost a step. This is all. The, this is the final part of an eight-issue freakout taking place in creepy Toyland. Basically, the queen of Toyland finally gets her act together, and many evil toys making up for the past atrocities. Great art by Buckingham and McManus, including heartfelt redemption and flying monkeys going on murderous rampages. Doesn't that sound swell? Flying, flying monkeys are always fun. I've left Fables before, and I've ended up going back. It might be fun to read a bunch of read the trades, or read a bunch of them. You, what, what, once. you dropped Fables. I dropped Fables like a year ago. Ago. My girlfriend wow. dropped it recently. She's been one of yeah. the biggest Fable supporters I know, and she she says it's just not been good. Connor, did she drop it like it's hot? She well, she said dropped and set it on fire. I, I thought that was a little. Hard, a little over. But, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, uh, but she didn't have to say anything because that would have just been too on the nose. Yeah. yeah. So, but she she's she loves it. She got the trades, but she said it's been bad since well, issue one hundred. So that reminds me of Nixon's trip to China. <laughs> I think really <laughs> closing Nixon the gap could, between could go to China. Only Josh could drop fables. All right, Psycho could Josh Dread <laughs> review. Can you tell I have only the most tenuous grip on the Nixon yes, history? Catwoman, <laughs> you just hit the highlights. Catwoman number zero. I saw Nixon once at a Met game <laughs> in in nineteen eighty. I think. Four or five when I was a kid. Yeah, was he flustered? No, he was sitting right by the dugout. That was his old seats, if you recall, uh, Ron. Yeah, and I, I, a friend of mine had behind this behind the plate seats from his dad. And we went to the game, and there was Nixon. I just like flustered Nixon. <laughs> why? Why isn't he changing out the pitcher? <laughs> he just, He's clearly tired. <laughs> Psycho, Psycho Judge Dredd reviewed Catwoman number zero, which we talked about briefly. Gave the story one out of five, and the art of three out of five. And no one made this a pick of the week. And Psycho Judge Dredd said. <laughs> But by the way, a good prescient name for this week. Yeah. Psycho Judge Dredd said, I can't think of another issue where Catwoman was done so wrong. This is pretty much one of the worst comics ever written. Not to beat around the bush, the issue is garbage. Even worse, the issue ends with this terrible origin still unresolved. And the solicit for issue 13 says, the true origin of Selena Kyle revealed. So we've got more of this to look forward to. And uh, Psycho Judge Dredd said a lot more. That's just a snippet from his review. But in it, there's a passion plea to Anna Senti to stop. Yeah. Well, it wasn't very good. I agree. So, anyway. you know, I wouldn't say it's the worst comic ever written, but I've read a lot of bad comics, but uh, it was not very good. Someone recently uh, uh, gave us credit for the amount of patience that we must have in reading comics, uh, yeah. reading the amount of comics that we they read. They don't have any idea. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but I don't think I should be given that much credit. No, you uh, shouldn't. Connor and me definitely deserve it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have no patience for it. I'm, like, I'm not reading this. It's bad. All right, so uh, we hope to see everyone at the New York Comic Con, which is coming up. It's right around the corner. Uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring this episode. From October 11th to 14th at the Jacob Javits Center in Old New York, our, our old stomping grounds, we will be returning to our to our hometown. At old least. New York. Do we get to dress up like uh, like old-timey gangsters and have fights yeah. in the five points? Yes, Connor. That's what we're doing. Didn't you get the email? Giant top hats? 
Yeah. Top hats. Awesome. I'm I'm growing out my mustache. It's gonna be great. Josh. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> um if you are Whoops a Daisy. <laughs> Who is this under my knife? If you're planning on going to New York Comic Con, you will see such great comics luminaries as Brian K. Vaughn, Rick Remender, Jeff Johns, Ivan Rice, Reese, uh, Jonathan Hickman, Mark Wade, Kieran Gillen, Mike Mignola, Scott Snyder, and a ton more. Um, go to NewYorkComicCon.com. You can see all the comic guests they have. They're all a lot of people are going to be there. Um, if you're into the TV and movies, people, they've got a ton of entertainment media guests there, including the great Bill Paxton, um, Adam West, and Burt Ward, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Elmo from Sesame Street. Uh, David Wayne, Rob Corddry, Paul Shear, if comedy's your thing. And, of course, Sean Astin will be there. Potatoes. Yep. So uh, so you got that going for you. Um, if you buy the – if you were one of the people who bought the VIP tickets, which are sold out now, but if you get buy a four-day ticket, you can get into the kickoff concert on Thursday, October 11th, um, where Ben Folds 5 is going to be playing, which is – they've kind of seen a resurgence. They had that little Fraggle Rock video, and now they're touring again. So Ben Folds 5 is back and playing New York Comic Con. Wouldn't have predicted that a couple of years ago. <laughs> so I predicted that last week. That's weak. If you are, that is a weird email I have just received. <laughs> if you are attending, there's still time to get tickets. Go to NewYorkComicCon.com and you can get four <laughs> passes for eighty-five dollars, three-day passes for sixty-five dollars. That's good until October eighth. So make sure you buy now. They've also got single-day tickets available, but they're a bit more expensive. Get a deal. Get, go multiple days. We will be there, like I mentioned. We're, we're returning. We're going to be throwing a party um, like we did last year. Uh, save the date. Uh, looks like it's going to be Friday, uh, October 12th. More details to come probably uh, this coming week uh, as we firm up. We're just firming up the venue and our special guests and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we hope to see you there. And go to NewYorkComicCon.com. Make sure you, you, don't, you don't miss it. Dave has an email as we get into the email section. Dave has a little rant, so strap in. We're going to get going. Dave says, after listening to Ron talk about Cyclops and the raw deal he's gotten over really the past few years and hearing my own feelings echoed, I started to wonder if there was enough fan outrage to spark something like a heat for Hal Jordan. I'm certainly not agitating for that kind of reaction because it was ridiculous even then, but I needed some kind of outlet for my anger. Maybe this email is my eulogy for Cyclops, who has really died on the pages of Avengers vs. X-Men number 11. Joss Whedon's excellent Astonishing X-Men consistently revealed Cyclops as an excellent character, a brilliant tactician, and an all-around great superhero. That is my Cyclops. That's a guy who wasn't even in the running to hold the shield when Captain America died, although I can think of no one more qualified in the Marvel Universe at the time. And yet, we've seen the character slip through desperation into leaving behind Xavier's dream and slowly descend into Magneto territory. It certainly makes dramatic sense to have a character become the thing he's spent years fighting, but oh lord, are we going to have to deal with this? The X-Men and their books were already known for soap operatic melodrama, and Bendis has said that Cyclops killing Xavier was significant in part because he did it in front of everyone, the entire cast of Marvel superheroes. Some of them might forgive him because he was becoming the Dark Phoenix and wasn't himself. Others will be afraid of him. Regardless, the point is, we're going to be hearing about this for years to come. He will hang around this character's neck forever, and it will make a character that was already poorly treated by the writers and the readers even more so until finally Marvel will be forced to kill him in some kind of redemptive death. As much as I hate uncharacteristic actions of Cyclops throughout the years, through Schisman and in this crossover, I am certain it has only led to things I will continue to hate for years. With Spider-Man's brand new day, it was like a band-aid. I may not like the means, but I do like the end. Once it was done, I was along for the ride, and it was good. I have a feeling that with Cyclops, I'm going to like the ends even less than the means, which I already plainly loathe. This reminds me, because uh, he was talking about agitating, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times Nixon... On the campus, campus um, agitators. But yeah, I mean, he, and he would be constantly talking to... Um, FBI guy with the white hat. J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover, exactly, mm-hmm. um, about that. And this is exactly the kind of letter that would get you a file. 
<laughs> I think. I have thoughts on that. I have actual thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. I think he's being a little overbearing about it. Jean Grey is not considered to be a ruined character, and she killed a planet's worth of people when she was Dark Phoenix. So there's your out always there. Yeah, well, well, there's a, a couple of things. Number one is that I certainly feel his pain, and I certainly agree. I, I agree that the heat thing is ridiculous. And honestly, I actually, after reading this from Dave, and, and I, was, I was totally relieved last week to see other people. I thought I was going to get eviscerated last week. And no, while you I, were loved. Get some people making fun of me and stuff like that, but there's a lot of people who, uh, more people than I thought, um, were in uh, in somewhat support of what my opinion was on around Cyclops and his handling an AVX. Well, it's good uh, to know that when the supreme global dictator does come, everyone will just fall right in line. Stop. But anyway, um, but to your question though, the thing is, is that you know there's a good chance that this will hang like an albatross around his neck for years to come. Um, there's a good chance that you're going to get uh, at least the short term period of a Cyclops that you don't like. Um, if my if my predictions are correct about what they're going to do with the character, which I'll reveal, you know, as we get closer to the the new books coming out. But um, the thing the, the the thing about it is it's just comics and he's gonna you know like it, it, what go, what goes around comes around. Look at look at Tony Stark from Civil War. It was like oh the character's ruined now. He's fine. Exactly, exactly. He had a really popular movie that helped. I don't think there's gonna be a Cyclops movie, yeah. but you know. Yep. So um so so I definitely feel the pain, but the thing is is that like and we're gonna go through some dark times for the character. Um, but it, it's going to take somebody like Whedon to come back. Or you got to keep in mind, though, and this is where Whedon's I keep not my, coming back. He's I, a little busy. I, I know, if somebody coming back that we don't expect, like a Whedon, you know, okay. I mean, like we didn't expect and write this great character. So someone will come out of nowhere and do something with Cyclops that we don't. I mean, some some kind of Cyclops I don't even know about. Right. Uh, I, but I, the point I want to make though is that let's let's not forget that the Cyclops that I know and love is the one that. Um, Claremont developed and built into the great leader who also bailed on his wife and newborn child the moment he found out his ex-girlfriend was still alive. Well, look, his ex-girlfriend is super hot. No, I know, but he well, was a of her. <laughs> realistically, it's not all that much of a stretch to think a guy who's fought for this... I don't, say, think, it's, I don't think it's out of character at all. I think he's, no, he's this, taken this, to the to extreme. Be, to be an ardent supporter of this civil rights thing and to really like be sort of unyielding on it for a really long time and to see that it's made no difference in the world. To just to just throw your hands up. I mean, it's basically what happened to Magneto. So it doesn't seem like it's it's that out, out of line that he that he would just sort of yeah. just follow this path sort of blindly. Yeah, no, Especially I, when he's given the power to make the changes he's always wanted to see. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so in that sense, it's take it to its logical conclusion if someone is corrupted by ultimate power, which we all know, like Nixon, corrupted absolutely. Exactly. Well, the, the thing is, he's, he's not Captain America, and that's the difference. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually what, to some people, might think makes him more interesting than Captain America, because you have that possibility of, of the fall. Yep. Whereas Steve Rogers is sort of the, one of the, one of the, you know, him and Superman are sort of the two characters where there's no possibility of the fall. Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I get where you're coming from, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not as far that far as you, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't think he is completely beyond reproach. Like he's not totally pure as we just discussed. So was Nixon though? <laughs> Come on, you know the answer to that. I don't, yeah, I know. I don't even dignify that. So uh, if you have a question, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. On to the voicemails. Our first voicemail has got a question about, uh, about a popular creator who we haven't seen for a while. Hi, uh, fanboys. This is Dwight with, uh, from Chicago. Uh, my question is, uh, 
Warren Ellis's Global Frequency is one of the few comics that I have ever reread two or three times. I just liked it that much. Um, my question is, is there any other Warren Ellis books in that vein that you would recommend? Uh, love the show. Uh, thanks a lot. Bye. Yes. <laughs> Easily. I, I, I got to say that Warren Ellis is probably one of the sort of modern comic characters. He's one of the guys who's the mo- who's of the most rereadable. Especially during that early two thousands period of books. Because about. a lot of his stuff stood on its own. I, you know, we've all gone back and read, you know, Authority again. I've read through Transmol- Transmetropolitan two or three times, and I got way more out of it in later readings than I did the first one. Uh, read, sort of I've seeing read as a whole, at least twice. I, it's, that that period when he was doing Authority, Transmetropolitan. Uh, planetary. I didn't actually read Global Frequency, but the other, those three, that was sort of his golden age in comics. That was the 2000th time. Uh, Next Wave is a ton of fun. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually like it the first time I read it. I went back. Actually, it was a ton of fun. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. He's got I a lot of great I, work. I, I bought a page from it. That's true. He, you did. He's due for some. I mean, he's been. I mean, like he did the Secret Avengers thing recently, and that was great. But there's a little kind of one shot stuff like that. He's due for something. That's, that was a toe in the water, though. I feel like he's kind of not into comics so much now. Yeah, because he's a global superstar. Shame. So he just he just sort of blogs something. Yeah. yeah. So he got those magazine columns. He's got a book, two book deal. He's yeah. 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 All right. Our next voicemail is something that's always nice to hear. Hey guys, this is Rick from Minot, North Dakota. I am Spartacus on the uh, forums and stuff. Uh, my job requires me to travel sometimes, so I'm just finishing up with like an eight-hour. Uh, drive today uh, and i just wanted to thank you guys for keeping me company on the road i've downloaded a bunch of your old podcasts and you've kept me laughing and uh entertained and educated the entire way so thank you very much uh keep up the good work love the show bye i think the the word that he put, used there i think that's most relevant to this episode was educate <laughs> uh and as his you know his name is rick short for richard uh, I think it's clear that that the show is going to go more in this direction, where we where we pick a historical topic, and integrated we really, into the fabric of the show. Yeah, and I, I mean more and more, and and I think that the people listening will be really excited for that. Um, sort of the themes that we're going to be going. I, I think um, we've got the Mongolian Steppe coming up, and then um, well, the horse archers. Well, I'm preparing that show on Harding, Warren Harding. Oh, that's that's a golden like, time in history. That's really going to be riveting. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, no, but it's always, it's, I took away from that sentiment and I'm sorry. Really did, no, but honestly, we get, we, we often get a lot of voicemails, emails and, and tweets and things like that of people thanking us and, and appreciating what we do. And, and I know we just had 350 and we got a lot of it there, but honestly, you know, it's nice. You get, you get, you guys keep us going, whether, whether you believe it or not. <laughs> Most of you. Most of you. <laughs> but so anyway, but, uh, thank you very much, uh, Rick. It's always good to hear from you and we hope you enjoy the future educational programming that we'll be providing as we evolve the show into more of a celebration of our, our country's history. Mm-hmm. And eventually international. It's just sort well, of a, a, the Mongolian steps. Is, you know, I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, I've been working on my Charles de Gaulle thing for a while and I think it's almost ready. I mean, I think... Oh, I, I cannot wait to get into it on the Maginot line with you. Oh, oh God, what a useless bunch of bunkers that was. <laughs> what if we don't finish it? <laughs> Do you think the Germans will go around? All right, so if you have no, any, it should be fine. If you have any questions about Nixon or anything else, you can call us on our voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. If this isn't enough, iFanboy for you. We've got even more for you on Mondays. You can download iFanboy. Don't miss. You can subscribe to it in iTunes or listen to it on iFanboy.com. This week, I'm talking to Grant Morrison about Happy Number One. I don't remember hearing Grant Morrison on an audio podcast ever. 
And I, I can't make that claim. I'm sure he's done it before, but we've never talked to him on an audio podcast before. So and if uh, we haven't done it. Yeah. Um, luckily enough, I'm putting on a convention with him, so I was able to get him on the phone. <laughs> I got to tell you, you went above and beyond to make this podcast happen. Yeah, it really was a lot of work just to get a don't miss out of him, Ron. Yep. It was... It's about happy number one. <laughs> but it was actually a really great conversation. Grant is really interesting always to talk to. And so uh, for those of you who are curious about happy number one and can't go to Morrison Con, um, you can hear Grant talk about it on the on iFanboy Don't Miss. comes out tomorrow. Yeah, and you can also listen to the Make Comics podcast where I speak with uh, Andy Schmidt of Comics Experience, former Marvel and IDW editor, tons of experience, and uh, he helps people break into comics with his classes and such. So uh, we, we, try to, we try to give some wisdom out, a little help. So the Big Comics Podcast comes out every Wednesday, and uh, there should be another one this Wednesday. So, so it works out perfectly. Uh, even if you're not interested in breaking in the, in the industry, it's kind of fun to hear how this stuff works. I like this. Should be. Should like, be. Well, you leave it open. It's okay. Make no promises. Exactly. I, and that, 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 that's one of the things that we've learned. Yeah. Both both from history and from doing this for as long as we have. Because promises in podcasting. There will be a new mixed comic show and there will be no new taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well and I mean and like Nixon promised we would get out you know, I don't know. Did he promise we'd get out of Vietnam or he didn't? I can't remember. Oh, I blew it. I'm sorry. Uh this weekend saw the release of Dread in the United States, so there'll be a Dread podcast. Right behind this one on your podcast aggregator or on ifanboy.com. You can look for that, where some of us will talk about Dread. Who at this point? We're not sure. At the <laughs> time of recording, but we're going to talk about Dread. Uh, Ron saw it. He enjoyed it. So that's a little spoiler for you. And uh, we'll be talking about that this weekend. Next week is Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 1, the animated series. So the animated brain trust will be reconvening to talk about that. There will definitely be a Make Comics podcast this week. All right, cool. What about taxes? <laughs> But no new taxes. No, no. Read my lips. Okay. And here we're getting into Bush territory. So. I couldn't. I couldn't read your lips because you're you're in New Hampshire. I just was oh. asking. Were you oh. campaigning well, that, in New Hampshire? Are you starting early? I got to tell you, uh, I'll be glad when this election's over. There are a <laughs> lot. There are a lot of signs. Uh, <laughs> a lot of signs. I mean, I moved here for the scenery in part, and that is just wrecked. Signs and portents. <laughs> all right so you can find everything at ifanboy.com you can find my pick of the week review on little depressed boy you can find all those podcasts we talk about all the great articles and posts and stuff like that that happen throughout the week everybody's been great um and i totally script on myself <laughs> no the on mine i've got the little misspelling line under it which gave it away oh and then i realized that i totally put it in there and then assigned it to myself <laughs> yeah. um you see that was a very nixonian kind of move he just yeah. said in that in the, in that we're taping it yeah, go, go to follow, go follow us on twitter.com slash ifanboy and on facebook.com slash ifanboy. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 with any questions, comments, uh, discussion topics. If there's if there's a Nixon moment you particularly uh, would like to sort of reminisce on or just, you know, it, it, for most of them, I want you to keep them to 30 seconds or so. But if you do have a Nixon moment, um, you get five to eight minutes. Wow. And just, yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest. That's what we want to hear, right? True. Yeah. True. So, so there it is. And if you like us or Nixon or Harding or the, or the Maginot Line or anything, any of those historical topics, <laughs> write a review on iTunes. You can even tell us what historical topic you would like us to discuss next in your review, which we will take into account. Better than that, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to Nixon or comics or anything else she, she may not know about. Spread the word, a fanboy word. Wow, you're, you're all over the script bombing in the final part. <laughs> Spread the fanboy word, which is not what the script says. I'll let a little bit to your imagination. <laughs> wow. All right.
I'm, I don't want to set myself up for failure like Nixon did, so <laughs> end it now. So until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. I'm really looking forward to this Gangs of New York thing we're going to do. <laughs> it's going to be great. Pleased to meet you. I'm New York. I want to watch that now. And I'm just going to be disappointed by it again. <laughs> <laughs>